Hello and welcome to the Harmony Deconstructed podcast. This is a podcast that explores how we can build and sustain an inspired harmonious life. My name is James Mwangombe. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. I'm glad that you could listen. Today we're talking about self-image. There's an African proverb that says, when a tree's shadow is bent, straighten the tree, not the shadow. This proverb shows that when seeking to change something, the better strategy is to go at the core of the problem or issue. In human beings, to deal with the issues visible on the outside, the best strategy is to change from within. When the inside is changed, the outside will follow suit. One of the internal components we can seek to change within is the self-image. Self-image is the internal view we hold about ourselves and it influences how we behave or how we carry ourselves. It consists of descriptions we hold about ourselves such as being strong, brave, weak, cheerful, able, kind, discerning, etc., It influences how we interact with others. It also has a big impact on whether we will succeed on any goals we are striving to achieve. In his book, Psycho-Cybernetics, Dr. Maxwell Maltz said this about self-image. The self-image is the key to human personality and human behavior. Change the self-image and you change the personality and the behavior. But more than this, The self-image sets the boundaries of individual accomplishment. It defines what you can and cannot do. Expand the self-image and you expand the area of the possible. The development of an adequate, realistic self-image will seem to imbue the individual with new capabilities, new talents, and literally turn failure into success. For us to lead an inspired, harmonious life, our self-image has to be in line with the authentic self-image. It has also to align with the goals we are pursuing if we are to achieve those goals. There's a story told of the Golden Buddha. I first heard this story from a presentation by Jack Canfield. There was a huge clay Buddha at a temple in Bangkok, Thailand. In the 1950s, a new location was prepared for this statue and it needed to be transported there. In the process of the move, While the statue was being lifted by a crane, it cracked. The head monk halted the process and instructed that the statue be lowered so that they could inspect the crack and prevent any further damage. While they were at it, it started raining and they decided to cover the statue to protect it. At night, the monk went to check if the statue was staying dry from the rain. And when he shone his light, something reflected back from inside the crack. He thought to himself, clay does not reflect light. There must be something else in there. In the morning, they chipped away the clay and realized that the entire statue was made of gold. They could not figure out why the golden Buddha was covered in clay. The best theory they could come up with was that a long, long time ago, around 300 years back, the Burmese had come to attack that place. And the monks in that monastery at that time decided to cover up the golden Buddha with clay to make it look worthless so that the attackers would not steal it. 
Eventually, the monks were all killed in a massacre and the secret was never revealed. I believe from infancy, we possess the authentic self-image. Depending on the circumstances we grow up in, this self-image may be nurtured to expand to its greatest potential or it may be suppressed as a means of survival. The suppression of the authentic self-image then results in layers upon layers that cover it to enable the person navigate the environment or circumstances in which they find themselves. It is akin to the Golden Buddha, covered in clay for protection or survival. The protection may serve a good purpose, but if it is prolonged, it may have lasting effects on the person. Dr. Mals, in his book Psycho-Cybernetics, says, The self-image is changed for better or worse, not by intellect alone, nor by intellectual knowledge alone, but by experiencing. Wittingly or unwittingly, you develop your self-image by your creative experiencing in the past. You can change it by the same method. It is not the child who is taught about love, but the child who has experienced love that grows into a healthy, happy, well-adjusted adult. Being like a child, that's an interesting concept. This is the essence of being truly yourself. So a child shows it when they are unhappy and when they are joyful. They need help in every aspect to survive. They also do not hold grudges. They forget quickly and move on towards more life. They keep learning and growing. So being like a child for an adult is aspiring to be like a child but not being childish. Of course with wisdom, the child's growth can be nurtured to enable them to realize the greatest achievement inherent in them. No wonder Jesus often pointed to children and said the kingdom belongs to such as these. Jesus is quoted in Matthew chapter 18 verse 3 to 4 saying, Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. In his book Atomic Habits, James Clear says that to become what you dream, you must change your identity. He gives an example of two individuals with a goal to overcome the habit of smoking. Each is offered a cigarette to smoke by a stranger. And one says, no, thank you, I'm trying to stop smoking. And the other says, no, I'm not a smoker. According to James Clear, the latter person has higher chances of succeeding since they have changed their identity from a smoker or someone who is trying to stop smoking to someone who does not smoke. So if there is a particular goal you are aiming to achieve, you have to change your identity or the self-image or your inner person so that that inner person or your inner self-image or your identity is in line with a person who has achieved that goal that you're seeking to achieve. This then will influence your habits, your behavior, and the actions that you take towards achieving the goal. So for instance, if you have a goal like keeping time, you should change your identity or self-image from I am always late to I am a punctual person. Then whatever strategies you employ to be on time would succeed because they are in line with your self-image. 
On the contrary, if your self-image is of a person who is always late, then any strategies you apply, any strategies you apply to be early or on time will backfire most times because they are not in line or they are not aligned to your self-image. So the question is, what is your current self-image? How do you see yourself internally or within? Is your self-image in line with whatever goals you're trying to achieve? Or if you look at it in the other way around, are your goals, the goals that you're striving towards, are they in line with your inner self-image or with your self-image? Are they in line? Are the goals you're striving to achieve in line with your self-image? If there's disparity between the two, disparity between your self-image and the goals you're pursuing, then the best strategy is to ensure that the two are aligned. So whichever it is that you, you, you look at, the most important would be to change your self-image, to improve your self-image to a healthy one, and then set goals that are in line with that self-image so that you increase your chances of succeeding in achieving those goals. The more our self-image is aligned to the creative goals that we are pursuing, the more inspired and harmonious a life we will lead. The healthier our self-image is, the more aligned our goals are to this self-image, the more inspired and harmonious a life we will lead. I'm glad you could listen to today's episode. I welcome you to join me for the next episode where we'll be talking about imagination. Thank you and continue to live an inspired, harmonious life.